This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm the sous chef of the garden, Frank Good. Proctor. Hey. Good morning, Frank. Nice way to start the year, not, you know, just co-opting the show and making it my own. Although that's my secret plan for 2013. <laughs> uh, it is the garden show, my friends, on AM740. And you are the sous chef of the garden. The undergardener, all set to uh, perform here as best I can with his rotten cold. Yeah. Oh, man. Rough. This, well, I'll tell you, it's been about five weeks, and I, I'm not the only one. I mean, this is be, this whatever it is. And I've had my flu shot mm. uh, and everything, so I'm trying you know, to keep my distance here. Yeah, but I'm I'm on heavy duty meds that don't seem to be working very well. Well, that's okay. But uh, it's okay. Chicken you soup. Know? It's all yeah. about the chicken soup. I'm and telling so you. So it's no slow dancing in the studio for Charlie yeah. and I. No, no, we, no yeah, hugs. No fooling around. Apart. Yeah, I know. Yep. I know. I missed my hug this morning yep. and everything. But anyway, uh, I, I know Dan. Morning to you, Dan, our producer. Uh, he's in his coat of many colors. Yes. Uh, kind of a, a neat caft. What was it? Caftan? What is it? Uh, well, it's actually a, not quite. It's a, a, ja- it's a like, jacket. Sweater, yeah, it's an over jacket. thing. It's an over thing. <laughs> it's like a hoodie. Oh, my God. Where are we going with this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> phone numbers. I, I have Clearly, an excuse. We're not the I wardrobe people. <laughs> you, you don't have an excuse to sound. I'm the garden person. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Four, one, here's the numbers, folks. 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty. That's in Toronto. Then anywhere else in the province, toll free. Doesn't cost you a penny. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And uh, a lot of folks, you know, wait till a little later on in the show, and then they wind up, oh, can't get in. Call now. Uh, and then, in fact, our mantra is: call early, call often. One question per call. And if you well get through and, then, and you can be lucky, you can call back again. That's right. Right? Yeah. Make, make it so everybody can get their questions in yeah. and get their say in. And, of course, it's not just questions. We love to hear tips and yeah. suggestions. And reports on, How you know, things, past yeah. projects we've, you've, you've suggested. Yeah, recommendations on. Only positive stuff, though. Only positive. I was an almost <laughs> honorary gardener there. Yeah. Almost, yes. Yeah, almost. Okay. Okay. Uh, you got announcements here. Right? A couple. Uh, no. I have mentioned this already, but no. I will mention it again. January the ninth, this Wednesday, the Burlington Hort Society general meeting. Uh, they meet at the Burlington Senior Center, which is twenty two eighty five New Street at Drury Lane. Now, when you go to these. Do they genuflect to you when you walk through the door and, you know, bow and scrape and stuff? No, of course no? not. Oh. I mean, they ask for my autograph. No. <laughs> no. Well, Sometimes. wondering. Yeah, sometimes people get very excited and think I'm very special. If you want me to you tell you what actually happens, and yeah. other times people realize I'm just your average schmuck. So, <laughs> uh, the speaker at the Burlington Hort Society is Marjorie Latimer, and she's a master gardener. She's speaking about sustainable gardening. Uh, of course, they meet at 7.30 this Wednesday. The Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society will be meeting on January the 13th, 1.30 in the afternoon, at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. 
Uh, coffee starts at 1, speaker is at 1.30, and it's Virginia Hildebrandt speaking on micropropagation on January the 13th, Toronto Botanical Gardens. And oh, this coming Tuesday, mm. January the 8th, 7.30 p.m., the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society presents a free lecture on container gardening for home gardeners or homeowners and apartment dwellers. Uh. The uh, presentation is by the brand new president and master gardener, Alan Milliken. Well, congratulations. Exactly. Good for Alan. Guests, of course, are welcome. Refreshments are included. And the meeting takes place at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road, northeast corner. There's a large and well-lit parking lot as well, which is good to know. Speaking of well-lit parking lots, snow. What do you think of all that snow we've been getting? Well, now we're into a typical Canadian winter. I finally. like it. Yeah. Well, it's. It's. I think it's. It's. It's good. Yeah, it's good. You know? It feels right. Yep, it does, and uh, it, it it's pretty at times. It, now it's getting kind of mucky, but well, that wind yeah. it was very windy. It was so pretty; all the trees yeah. were just covered, and then that was kind of gale force winds yesterday. Something so else. It yeah. all blew off of the trees, and ev- everywhere and drifts were piling up. <laughs> so you know, it gets a bit dangerous. But I did want to mention, all that snow is a wonderful thing for the garden. Yeah. Generally speaking, insulation. Right? Exactly. All of our garden plants are very happy to have snow shoveled on top of them. The one group that we don't typically, you know, put big piles onto are the evergreens. Uh, those we let just be. But I'll tell you, my roses are happily ensconced in a foot of snow and, of course, the perennials. They oh, they love yeah. it. The snow is the best. Uh, of course, it's going to add moisture in the spring when it melts, but in the meantime, it's providing, as you pointed out, good insulation. Okay. So we love that snow and that's a, that's a great thing. So don't be afraid to, you know, pile that snow onto deciduous plants, perennial plants, roses, like I said, are a very, very good example. All right. So uh, I think what we'll do is I do have some homework from last week. Okay. Um, Jacques had a question from New Hamburg. But I think what I'll do is I will come back to that answer after we take a break because I think that's what we have to do right now. Right, yeah. We're, Dan is giving us the evil eye. <laughs> that's right. You know. Heads up. <laughs> Move along. Move along. <laughs> All right. And if you're going to invite uh, Charlie, the average schmuck, uh, <laughs> uh, to your... Uh, Event. Uh, yeah, society. Get have, have a red carpet at least, you know, <laughs> uh, for gosh sakes. And a little crown, a little tear. It'd be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. Okay. We'll be back then in just moments to talk to the... Uh, <laughs> Callers for Charlie Dobbin, the Master Gardener, here on The Garden Show from AM740. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM740. And uh, first Saturday of the brand new year, Frank Proctor, welcome Mm. you aboard The Garden Show. Welcome back and welcome to the new year. Gee whiz, well, let's find out what's going on in Thornhill. Paul's on the line ready to talk to you. Good morning, Paul. Oh, hello. Morning. Um, Yeah, my... uh, that uh, windstorm that happened, one of my willows crashed over to my neighbor's oh. property. Mm. So they got the town involved, and my fence was too high. Now it's too low oh. because my neighbor's deck is much high, and I basically can't do anything but make a partition. And the town said to me that I have to have something growing on it, so I need something. I'm going to make a partition, um, but I need something growing fast. So within three months, it will cover so the neighbor's not saying hello to me every five minutes. <laughs> Three wow. months. Okay, that's a bit of a bit of a Yeah, we've got litigation order. going here and everything. Wow. So, so you're saying the neighbor's deck is so high up off the ground that they're looking down into your backyard. You got it. And I said to the town about it, I said, 
you know, is that legal? And he said, they can have a second story, you know, a patio. They can look anywhere they want. It's their property. I just put my fence two feet higher than the six feet, and it had to come down. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. Right, because there are, there's um, bylaw limits. Yeah. Well, also my neighbor, my my side neighbor, he's uh, he just hacked away at my trees and whatever oh, because gee. they were six inches over onto his property. Right. Hmm. So it's not a it's not a good neighbor situation. No. But no. I kind of want to. So I do, as I said, I don't have to say hi to him. And yeah. what am I eating? What am I doing? I know. You I know. know. Like um, they're just and they party a lot too. So right. you know, it's no privacy. Of, I don't want their view. Right. Okay. So uh, so obviously this is on the side of your house. Now tell right. me. Uh, yeah. Side so, back. Well, I want. I mean, I'm thinking about. Okay. Obviously the fence is six feet high, but you need something above that six feet. You got it. And I can do it four feet onto my property. Yeah, in, um, inside my property, I can't have, I can't um, grow cedar trees or anything like that because if they touch, you know, the fence, oh, it's just ridiculous. My gosh, wow, they've got you in a real box there. Yeah, well, and I mean, you could grow cedars, but you would just have to grow them so that they aren't going to over go over the yeah, property he, line. He takes the scissors out and he basically cuts anything that <laughs> goes on his side of the property. Mind you, when he's on his deck in the summer, he can't use his fork, spoons, or knife because they're too hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to think of something innovative there that wouldn't require a pl- like plants. I mean, there's certainly plants that will grow grow yeah. quickly. Um, mm. Poplars come to mind, or you know, poplars grow very, very quickly. They're short-lived plants. I mean, how many? Right, right. How long do you intend to live in this house? Is this oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, forever? Or? I just want convenience for the, you know, somebody said ivy, mm-hmm. but, you know. Uh, but it's got to grow on. Something that's a, sort of like a quick cure to satisfy what I'm going to build. Right. Well, that's, I mean, the thing about ivy is it's got to grow on something. You still need a frame yeah, for well, the that's ivy. Yeah, I'm going to be building, sort yeah. of like just to give my little patio, uh, you know, a rest from the neighbors. Yeah. So you'll wind up, if I get this clearly, you've got a fence and then you're going to build another you know looking over at me all the time wow right so you could put like a screen that's you know 10 feet high and then sure ivy would grow and ivy grows fairly quick how much right. sun gets into this area um it's a shady it's a shady part so mm. that's what i'm having problems yeah, with yeah i was thinking yeah maybe ornamental grass maybe no what they want lots of sun okay and of course you won't yeah particularly anything really tall yeah i know what you're thinking for that big height but those they all need full sun yeah. Um, there might be a bamboo that could sort of work out in there, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean the idea of a big tall screen and then growing on it, things like Ivy, like English Ivy does grow in the shade okay. um, and could be perennial. Something called Baltic Ivy is hardy and perennial. Okay. Baltic. Okay. Yeah. For really fast though, I'd even go with something like Boston Ivy or Engelman Ivy. Okay. Um, so Boston Ivy, or it's also known as, there's one called Virginia Creeper, which is okay, the same. So these ivies mix together? Like, you know, do, do I have to have a certain breed of ivy, mm-hmm. you know, to, for that to take hold? Or can I put, like, I'm going to try anything, so I'm going to buy 10 ivy. <laughs> I was going to say, I have this vision of what you're going to do. Don't do that. Uh, what width of screen are we thinking to build here? Maybe six, eight feet? Um, yeah, maybe maybe nine. Okay. Yeah, nine with um, sort of like lattice with uh, yep. two posts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so you know what? One plant of each. If you want to try and see which one outperforms the other, get one right. Baltic ivy, right. one Virginia creeper, right. and one Boston ivy. Okay. All of them would need to be planted in the ground. They'd be, they'd be better as opposed right. to in a container above ground. Right. So, you know, f- 
fix the soil, make it reasonable soil, plant these plants, shoot them up, you know, send them in the right direction. And you won't get three-month coverage, but you'll get pretty close to that. These are all very fast-growing, particularly the Boston and the Engelman. They'll grow up very quickly. Once, give them, you know, they need to get their little roots down, so don't and get impatient. they're perennial, right? Yes, they are. They're all hardy and perennial. Oh, wonderful. Gee. I thank you. Yeah. So, well, Paul, I hope you get that sorted. That's awful when that. you wind up with a neighbor that uh, is a bit of a pain in the you know Well, what, and also uh, those big, tall, yeah. I know, I don't like those big, tall uh, decks either. Yeah. Uh, one quick question. I, I had two willows um, uh, shot to the ground um, because they were infected and I didn't know it at the time, but I've gotten rid of those. And are, is there a tree company or whatever that can, you know, help me with cost-wise or give me a cheaper cost for a more mature tree? To replace with yeah, trees? Yeah, where the willows were. Um, yeah, there's a, where are you? You're in where oh, Thornhill. Um, you know, the Thornhill border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I'd probably do is, do you ever go to Angelo's Garden Center on Highway 7 at... Between Keel and Dufferin? No, but he sounds like he's going to be my new best friend. Yeah, go go to Angelo's or Tree Valley, which is right on Bayview. Tree okay, Valley good. has lots and lots of good tree choices. Uh, tree Valley, right on? Uh, no, they moved. Well, that's right. Yeah, I went. Yeah, wherever they moved to. I don't know. I don't know. All right, I'll look it up. I'll let you know. Angelo sounds like a buddy to me. Angelo's yeah. is great. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Paul, and good luck. Holy cow. What a way to start out the new year I with a know. bit of a battle going on there over the well, fences. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, well, between the properties. I know. Yeah, it's hard. We get calls like that sometimes, eh, where the tree has over, gone yeah. over the property line. And, of course, by law, you own right the air yeah. above, you know, or the air you know, at your property line. So poor trees can get really manhandled and pruned badly because yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Uh, that call took a little long to, to deal with. So oh, we, good point. we have to take a little bit of a break here at uh, 922. But it's uh, a nice break to get back to one of our favorite subjects, which is Sierra Sill. That's right. And you said you weren't feeling well. No, And so I wonder if maybe you have been not taking your Sierra well, Sill. And you know something? You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Sierra, Over the holidays, I got off. Off filter there. Right. And, okay, yeah. so I'll get back on that okay. because Sierra, like the mountains, mm-hmm. and then SIL, S-I-L, is a completely natural mineral supplement that Frank and I both take to help ourselves feel better. It's got to do with joints and aches and pains and, and being able to stay active and pain-free. And we find that it works quite well for the kind of activities that we do, myself with my snow shoveling and yourself with your... <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever, exactly. <laughs> whatever trouble you're getting into. So so Sierra Sill is, like I say, it's a quite effective uh, for most people. You will feel better within 14 days if it's going to do anything for you. And that's where the phone number comes in, one eight seven seven joint 14 They are based in Vancouver. You can give them a call. If you have any questions, you can order over the phone or online at www.sierrasill.ca or you could pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store, like Nature Village on Queen Street, south in Streetsville. And we'll be back to our callers in just a moment. I just going to read because we do have a couple of free lines here at four one six three six zero zero seven forty, and anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Charlie Dobbin and the Garden Show from AM seven forty. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. 
With the sous chef Frank Proctor aboard here, and Rochelle, we're going to get to you in just a flash here, but uh, an update on Tree Valley location. Did you want to get that on? Yeah, Paul mentioned that mm. Tree Valley had moved, and that's actually a good point. I drove right by there the other day, and I thought, where did they go? <laughs> well, they did close the Richmond Hill location. Tree Valley, for 30 years, was on Bayview at Elgin Mills. They now have just the one location in Stouffville, right on Stouffville Road, just east of the 404. Uh, tree Valley has lots of great trees and good, really nice people. So okay. if you're looking for some trees in that area, Thornhill, Richmond Hill, Stovall, Aurora, check them out. All righty. And let's check out what's going on here in T.O. with Rochelle. Hey, Rochelle, good morning. Hello. Good morning. Yep, you're on. I have uh, at my mother's apartment in Hamilton, and it's in, I'm trying to figure out, I think a north window, but very large. And it's an azalea, and it's very thirsty. And I know that because when I water it with weak tea, and that's all I use is weak tea, it blooms beautifully, but it dries out so quickly, and I just can't keep up with it. So a couple of times what I've done is I've left the pot in a couple of inches of water. I know that's really a Mm no-no. However, it seems to just zoop it up. (laughs) So the question I have now is, am I going to eventually rot the roots uh, with my my watering practice? Okay, so I have a suggestion, though. Is how many years have you had the azalea? It's probably three or four years old. It's young. Okay, and it's in probably the same pot it came in, which is a six-inch pot. Yes. Okay, so what you can do to alleviate this need to water every hour is pot that plant up into a bigger pot. Okay. With more soil. Now, you'll notice it's a very peat-based soil that azaleas grow in. It's not just sort of a um, traditional potting soil. It's a, it's a, real, it's a soilless mix Heavy oh. on the peat moss. Oh, so good. when you are looking for a bigger pot, number one, you want either plastic or ceramic with drainage holes. Stay away from uh, clay pots because, again, they dry out quicker than the plastic or the ceramic. So stay with something that will hold moisture, again, with the drainage holes. When you're buying soil, just look for a soilless mix. You may find soil that's specifically designed for azaleas, rhododendrons, acid-loving plants. Mm -hmm. If not, just get a good quality potting soil and uh, moisten it and then plant, you know, go from smaller pot to bigger pot. Extra soil is going to help mean that you don't have to water as often because you're right. Azaleas like to be kept very moist and they do drink a lot. And yes, they need bigger pots so we don't have to water them that often. Okay, and using tea to water, is it okay? It is okay. Um, it's just clear tea, obviously, and there are a bunch mm-hmm. of minerals and tannins and things in tea that many plants love. I mean, there a lot of people have secret ingredients they give to plants, <laughs> and <laughs> they sometimes have really good success. Now, I um, weak tea, room temperature, yeah, as long as it's super weak, I don't think you'd have a problem. Okay, and do I knock off the old soil from the roots before I replant it? You're going to find that you won't be able to. You're going to find that Uh, that soil is a mass of roots. 
There'll be no knocking off going on. Now, you may want to actually rough it up a bit with with your fingers or a knife if it's just a solid ball in the shape of the pot and no roots are obvious and no soil's coming off. Then, yes, a little a little loosening of those roots with your, at least your fingers or a sharp object just to help get those roots growing out of the shape they're in right now, which is yeah. stuck in that pot shape. Yeah. Okay. Well, good okay. luck with that, Mary. I've got not clay, Rochelle. bigger pot, heavier soil. Don't remove old soil mm-hmm. and and rough it up with my fingers. That's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so so much again. Thanks, Rochelle. Good luck Bye. with that. Thank you for the call. Nine twenty nine here on the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, Mary in Oakville on the line now. Hi, Mary. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Um, I want to ask your advice about a lemon tree. I was given it for Easter, and it's done remarkably well. It is now about three feet high, and I had nine lemons on it. Oh, nice. Uh, And I don't know what to do with it for the winter. (laughs) Well, you've obviously got it in the house. Yes. And it is a tropical plant. Full sun. Have you got a nice southern or western exposure? Uh, Southern, yes. Perfect. And uh, I assume you have it there now? Well, you probably do because it's done that well. Lemon trees, orange trees, they all love really sunny locations in our home. Uh, They have very fragrant flowers when they start to flower. And, of course, that's where you get your fruit from is after the flowers. Um, This time of year, it will not use as much water as they do during the growing season. So you want to be careful that you don't overwater. Let it dry pretty thoroughly between watering. Uh, Water thoroughly when you do water. Uh, and humidity. Think about humidity. Keep it out of drafts, no hot drafts, no cold drafts. Mist to keep it, um, the humidity up. Uh, use a pebble tray below or other plants in, in the area to help keep the humidity as high as you can around the plant. They do have a tendency to get spider mites if they get too dry, the atmosphere. What about using a grow light on something like that? But if you have a southern exposure, you, don't, you don't need, need a grow it? light. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, if some people don't have a bright spot, they would need a grow light. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, Mary? Yes, it's dropping its leaves a lot at the moment. Um, I've just got the last lemon has just come off the, the tree, so now it has no lemons on it, but the leaves are dropping quite a lot. Is that okay? Did, was it outside for the summer? Uh, on the balcony. I'm in an apartment. Right. So the leaves it's dropping are the older, more mature leaves on the inside or the bottom of the plant, I would assume. The tips are still green? Yes. Yeah. So that what's happening is that the light levels are so much lower inside your apartment compared to outside your apartment. The leaves that were supported outside on the balcony getting that kind of light are getting less light now. The leaves can't survive in the lower light. They drop, new leaves grow, which are able to cope with the light levels indoors. So what you'll do actually is allow it to do its thing for the next, you know, six weeks, eight weeks. Uh, I would consider giving it a trim a little bit of a pruning, even if it's just a bit of a haircut, before it goes outside in the uh, in the spring. So maybe our April or early May, give it a trim, and then outside once we're frost-free. Okay. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling The Garden Show. Thank you. All righty, 416-360-0740 for Toronto area listeners. Anywhere else in the province of Ontario, one 866 740 And Don is on the line from Belleville. Hello, Don. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, I live out in Dunville. Mm-hmm. One thing I'd like to know, what zone are we in? Huh, good question. I think you're in zone four, depending on whether how close you are to the lake. 
Well, we're maybe a mile or so from the lake. We're close to the river. Mm. And depending on your elevation, you could be between zones probably four and five then. Okay. So similar to where, well, you're probably kind of similar to Stouffville sort of uh, zone in terms of the coldness and warmth. And remember that we all have micro zones on our property. So we have areas where the wind goes whistling through and it's much colder than in the areas where it's all sheltered and there's, you know, say the big evergreen tree or something. And it's a very sheltered little spot where the wind doesn't go whipping through. So that has impact as well. That was going to be part of my uh, (laughs) question was we do get a a fair amount of wind here. Mm -hmm. We're, we are open. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just fields in behind. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a, a 60-foot, like I got the a fence, and then there's a 60-foot stone garden wall in front of it, mm-hmm. 60 feet long. Right. And I'd like to put the, in some places that's wider than others. And I'm looking for some kind of uh, flowering shrubs and stuff to put in there. Now, I know you mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago to somebody else about a, azaleas mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. even... Um, that was more for a shade, partly shady, sunny spot and also might not be hardy enough if you're really exposed. So I'm imagining, okay, big, long stone wall. Uh, what direction is the stone wall running? North, south, east, west? It runs uh, south, north-south. Okay, and are so you... It's on the east side of the house. And it's on the east side, so you'd be gardening on the west side of it. Of the wall? Yeah. yeah the stone garden is on the east side of the house. So. Oh, okay, okay. Um, all right, so uh, lots of morning light, obviously. Uh, not, it wouldn't be quite as windy down at the base of that wall because, of course, our prevailing wind comes from the west or northwest. So it's actually fairly sheltered along the base of the wall. Am I right? Yeah, it could be. Now, yesterday it was really blowing all the way around here. But it was, I was, it was blowing everywhere yesterday. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, it was swirling all over the place. So at this point, you don't really have. What have you got along that garden or along that stone wall? There's nothing in it. it yeah, that's. It's a new wall. Hmm. Nice. It sounds really nice. It goes out to you know, got a half circle in it. And yeah, yeah. There's right. a square and. Wow! And somebody built this for you. Yes. Is it a dry stone wall? Or is it made with, um, was it all concreted together, or is it all stones stacked? It's all stone. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Nice. Sounds Very, great. Sounds beautiful. And you you know what? I wish I could give you a, some like a plan over the radio, but it's really hard with a 60-foot expanse like that. You know, you could have Charlie come out and take a look. Exactly. You yeah. know, that's one of the things I do is I, I do that oh, kind you of... you do? Yeah, I don't often come quite as far as Belleville, but yeah, I do consulting. I do um, landscape design consulting when I'm not on the radio, actually. So that's a consideration. The other thing is maybe consider... Um, I mean, there are some good websites. Do you have access to a computer? Yes. I don't know how to use it very well, though. Um, You know what you should do? Come to Canada Blooms in March, which is a big flower and garden show in Toronto. It's a 10-day show, so it starts on March the 15th and runs for 10 days. And at Canada Blooms, you will 
obviously you can meet me, but you can meet all kinds of other gardeners, pick up all kinds of good information. You may find uh, some books that will help you. Toronto Botanical Garden has a nice big display. Um, and that's what I would do. Like, do think about this, get some research going, Get what, even go to the library, magazines. There's Canadian Gardening Magazine. There's Organic Gardening Magazine. There's Garden Making Magazine. They're all out there that are local uh, magazines, which will help give you some ideas as well. I would just start kind of making lists and start thinking about what you like, and then you'll be in a position to actually do some planting next, you know, spring, early summer. Uh, give yourself the next few months to kind of do a bit of research and think well, about it. That's what I'm starting to do. Yeah. He also, also mentioned hydrangeas. Well, they survive in there? They could. They could. Uh, hydrangeas like a lot of water, though. So if you are on a well and you are not in a position to be able to do a lot of watering, then I'd be looking for plants that are a little more tolerant of drought conditions than hydrangeas. Oh, okay. Because yeah. the uh, thing is, I'd like some color in mm-hmm. with it, not just shrubs. I'd of like course. Yeah, well, you're starting off with what sounds to be a beautiful mm-hmm. uh, fence oh, there. Gosh. Or, or, well, no, wall, you've got yeah. lots of choices. They, believe it or not, there's lots and lots of good things that would go amazingly in there. Little bits of evergreen, some shrubbery, some perennials, many of which could be quite tolerant of whatever the conditions are. And, you know, get get to Canada Blooms. That would be, mm-hmm. uh, I think, it's an a good starting suggestion. Point. And you'll meet I've all been kinds. there before. Oh, have you? Yeah, good. good. Well, come again, because you're, like, you're in a good position to need some you know, solid information. And you do do consulting. I do, Dawn, I do. Matter of fact, uh, you've got a, a website there, at least a, a computer, so uh, you can get to email people, I, I presume, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Charlie's email is c, uh, okay, just c, and then Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. So cdobbin at mzmedia.com. Give, give uh, Charlie a shout and yeah. see if you guys send can photos. work something I can help better if you send photos, too. Okay. All right. Thanks, Ron. Thank- I sure appreciate it. Thank okay. you, Our pleasure. Thank you. Good luck with that. Oh, I, I love the sounds of that stone wall. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. And- love stone. Yeah, so do oh, I. So do I. I just am feeling it. Get it? Just, it's anyway. Yes. Carry on. Um, just before I go to our next caller, um, you had some homework to do. Did you want oh, to cover that point. off? But you know what um, I wanted to tell you about? I, okay. Uh, this isn't my homework. This was something else, but I will fill you in on that as well. I just, I was telling you before we started the show, last night I took down the Christmas tree because it's, oh, you yeah. know, it's that time of year. And my poor little kitty cat, Carter, he just, <laughs> he's sitting there staring at the corner where the tree was and he just keeps looking at it, looking at me going, where'd the tree go? Oh yeah, I know. He loved the tree. It was his own little, he just was living under the tree because I have a particularly soft quilted velvet uh, tree skirt. So there he was, like, ensconced on his, you know, velvet throne with the, under the branches of the tree, the warm lights above. He was literally living under the tree, and now he's just looking at me going, where'd it go? What what happened? What happened? Where's my tree? Where's the forest? Exactly. Where's my clubhouse? (laughs) (laughs) So, poor guy. Uh, That's funny. I know. But here's, here's that homework. Remember, it it was Jacques last Mm -hmm. week called us from New Hamburg, and he had, his problem was that his hibiscus plant was setting buds, but the buds kept falling off before they opened. Right. And I said, well, that's kind of odd. They don't generally just drop uh, for no apparent reason. So I said I'd let him know. Well, hopefully Jacques is listening. And the answer to the question is, or the suggestion is, too much or too little fertilizer or water and excess temperature can cause hibiscus buds to drop. 
All right. So too much or too little water, Mm -hmm. too much or too little fertilizer and excess temperature. So unlikely there's an excess temperature problem happening right now. But be careful with the watering. Hibiscus, I like to leave them to the point where the leaves start to droop a bit. The, they actually, the color, they get less shiny, mm-hmm. and then you know they're dry. And then you thoroughly water them, you know, whether it's a gallon or two or three of water, lots of water. Let them really kind of soak up and get nice and thoroughly saturated, and then leave them alone till they dry down again. Uh, and and fertilizing, I wouldn't be doing a lot of fertilizing at this time of year. Well, let's wait. We'll start all of our fertilizing come March for the plants that are not currently flowering. Right. And do you know, in spite of my frail health, um, <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to start. You're just not I'm frail. going to start my push-ups right now. Finger push-ups. Just, yes, yes. I'm doing. Okay. I'm going to do my forefinger in my right hand. Oh, That's gosh, all I'm yeah, going to do. Yeah. I can see the sweat yes, beating are. up on your brow. I, I know this is so difficult. Oh my god. <laughs> the reason Frank is doing finger push-ups yeah. is because he forgot to take his Sierra cell. Yes, I've been bad boy. If he had taken his Sierra cell, he'd be doing full push-ups and not breaking a sweat at all. <laughs> so let's keep that in mind. If you are a boomer who wants for the freedom to maintain your favorite activities with reduced aches and stiffness, you might want to consider Sierra Sill as well. So, sierrasill.ca or 1877-JOINT-14 or pick up Sierra Sill at Heart Lake IDA Drugs on Sandalwood Parkway East in Brampton. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Frank Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, and thanks to our producer, Dan, who is quick off the draw to say, Ooh, ooh, a little <laughs> error made there in the giving of Charlie's email address. It is c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. Okay? Yeah, thank you for that, Dan. And Appreciate thank it very you, much. Frank. Well, yeah. pleasure. You yes. are just so off on the ball. All right, I, while we're on a roll here, okay. Dan, who is just a multi-talented kind of guy, also took a message from Heather Sinopoli. All right, Heather didn't want to come on the air for some reason. I don't know why she's getting shy all of a sudden. She is the president of the Riverdale Horticultural Society and she's wanted... She's been on the air with us before, Yes, she? she has. Yeah. She's never been afraid to be on the air. But anyway, she left a message to and asked us to just announce that the Riverdale Hort Society will be meeting this January the 9th. Uh, they do meet, I believe, at 7 p.m. Uh, the topic is bonsai, growing bonsai oh, yeah. plants, and it's Derek Morton who will be speaking on bonsai. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the... Suddenly you turned into Jackie Chan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the karate kid. You're either you know? looking yeah. like a bonsai or trying to do a bonsai. I'm not sure. And um, uh, the Riverdale Hort Society meets on um, at the Frankland Community Center, which is on Logan, just south of the Danforth. Very good. Thank you, Heather. All right. Now, on to our callers who are patiently waiting online, like Laura in Woodbridge. Good morning, Laura. Hi. Good morning, and a happy new year to both of you. Well, thank thank you. you. Charlie, I have a question for you, and I hope you are able to help me. Mm -hmm. I have a a Selenopia orchid, and uh, I usually... Don't cut the flowers right away when their flowers are dead mm-hmm. because uh, they usually come other branches from that flower. Right. And uh, about a year ago, this plant, uh, I saw a bud, and I thought it was another flower 
uh, another branch of flower, but mm -hmm. it said there was a plant. Mm. That happens, yep. <laughs> and now, um, it happened to me before, but I cut the one before I cut it too soon, and when I transplanted, it died. Mm. So I left this one here on a branch, and the branch is still very vivid and green, mm -hmm. even though it has no flower. But in the center, I have this baby plant with approximately, uh, there are five leaves, no, five roots that they're about uh, seven, eight inches long. Mm -hmm. And uh, also I have five leaves. Uh, two, they are approximately from one inch to three inches long. And the other one, they are from seven to eight inches long. Mm -hmm. It's a nice baby plant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With a stamp of flower with seven buds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the mother underneath has oh. also another stem of flower. Oh, good. Yeah. With about six, seven uh, buds. You're doing something very right with that orchid. I have annoyed. I usually don't do very much with them. Yeah. I just water them once every two, three weeks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do sp uh, spray some water with a drop of soap, like oh, a yeah. soap inside, yeah. to remove some of uh, Dust the, and buds and the bugs that uh, they usually come around this time of year. Yeah. And I missed it with water once, like, you know, yeah. two or three times a week or That's something cool. like yeah. that. Yeah, keep the humidity up. That's right. But now I have these roots that are growing everywhere mm. on this baby plant. Mm -hmm. And because there are five big, nice roots, I want to transplant it. Right. But I'm afraid I will kill it. When, <laughs> since they have buds on it yep. uh, with flowers. I have no idea. The flowers, they're not bloomed yet. No. But, but I wanted to know when can I transplant it. And uh, So tell me, the, the um, mother orchid, is it growing in uh, like a clay pot with bark chips or is it in something else? No, it is in a plastic pot yep. with a uh, wood chip. With wood chips, okay. And that was that something you planted yourself, or that was the way it came when you got it? Well, I tell you the truth, I don't remember because I do uh, have a lot of orchids, and oh, okay. sometimes yeah. I do remove it uh, yeah. when I see that the, the I overcure the roots. Yeah, I kind of remove it and uh, you know put a brand new bark. And I don't remember how old it is. This mother plant. Okay, so do you have uh, orchid bark on hand in your home as we speak? Yes. Okay. You have two options. One you might like better than the other. What you do is you're going to get yourself a nice, fresh, small, probably four-inch pot. You're going to fill it up with some dampened or, um, uh, orchid bark. Uh -huh. And you're going to sit that little pot beside the mother plant. Now, you have two options. One is you can use a pair of scissors and you can sever the daughter away from the mother. Very carefully uh, put the daughter just sitting almost right on top of the bark. You might want to use, might be some toothpicks or some skewers just to kind of stabilize the daughter plant on the surface. You're not going to bury that those roots. So you're going to just literally go, you know, a quarter of an inch below the surface because orchids need, <clears throat> use their roots to get uh, gas from the air. 
yeah, and oxygen, humidity, et cetera. Yeah. And exactly, and moisture. So that's why we don't bury the roots, and that's the most common way of killing when we're repotting is that we bury all these roots that want to be out in the air. Actually, I can't even bend these roots because some of them go north, some of them go yeah, south. Yeah. So, you're, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You're going to just basically sit that little baby plant on top of those moist um, bark chips, and you're going to use some skewers or some toothpicks, something to stabilize the plant, and let it settle in there and start growing roots. If you don't want to sever it from the mother because you're afraid that it's going to be too much of a dramatic uh, thing, you can also bend the daughter plant down because think how that would happen in nature. In nature, the mother plant shoots off the baby daughter. The daughter gets bigger and bigger and heavier and heavier, and eventually gravity takes that bigger daughter down to a point where the roots come in contact with something, whether it's the stem of a tree, you know, a branch, ground, whatever, and it settles in and it, sh- it shrivels up the little umbilical cord connection with the mother. So you can kind of set that up, make that happen, leaving them attached just by providing that little daughter a pot and weighing it down so that it's touching into or raising the pot, you know what I'm saying, so that the daughter and the mother can be sitting side by side in separate pots and eventually, give it a month or so, you'll cut that little umbilical cord stem connection. Hmm. That sounds great. See, up to now I have uh, this branch, you know, uh, clipped on this uh, uh, wire. Yep. Uh, So you suggested that I will... Let it drop, mm-hmm. and that the baby plant automatically will go back to the ground where the mother is. Well, that's right, but you want the daughter to end up in a different pot, not in the mother's pot. Okay, maybe what I will do, I will put it beside another pot. Mm-hmm. That's right. And allow itself to go into the wet bark. That's right. Now, Laura, a question for you. I know. It says on my monitor here you're calling from Woodbridge. I suspect you're calling from the Metro Zoo. Uh, <laughs> no. or, or Hawaii. Yeah. What the uh, heck's yeah, going on there? Probably there's a zoo in my house as well. I'm an animal lover. <laughs> okay. It well, sounds I hope, very tropical. I hope Charlie has answered your questions there, and good luck with the orchids. We've got to move along here. Yes, Our time. thank you so much. Thank and you. Wise, uh, very wise um, uh advice that you give me and thank you for an amazing show and I love 740. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) It's 951. We do have to take a bit of a break and the folks who've been waiting online, uh, Desrick and uh, Richard, we'll get to you here. Just hang tight there. Uh, Frank Proctor along with Charlie Dobbin, our garden expert on AM 740. We'll return. Everybody's got a home. E-I-E-I home. And when you need to fix that home, Tractor here and a painter there, here, there, everywhere. If you want to renovate, EIEI Home. EIEIHome.com is the place to find your home service professional today. Check the experts on our site at EIEI Home. That's EIEIHome.com. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, (laughs) exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Desrick on the line from Pickering uh, in to talk to you. Charlie, good morning, Desrick. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Our pleasure. Um, I'm wondering if you can give me some good advice about uh, aquarium uh, plants uh, as far as lights and fertilizer. Have you got fish in the aquarium? Yes, I do. You don't need fertilizer then. Oh, okay, but like um, when I say fertilizer, I mean the 
the one that they sell in the pet store, the liquid fertilizer, or whatever the proper phrase is, I'm not sure. No, no, they, you don't need it. Don't You've need got it. the okay. fish are peeing and pooping, and that okay. is your fertilizer. So okay. you don't need to add any, anything like that. Okay. Now, lighting, you're right. Most aquarium plants do need a fairly bright light. Now, they don't want it 24 hours a day, but they do need a fairly bright light in order to thrive. Okay. So um, have you got, obviously, lights on the aquarium? I do, but um, uh, what happened was uh, I had it in a, in front of a window, uh-huh. and I moved it. Okay. And I just noticed that it's just not doing good. Mm. I do have the the lights that they sell in the store, mm-hmm. but like I said, it's not doing as good as it was when it was in the window. It liked the na- the plants like the natural light, right. but did you find that you, when your crane was in front of the window, you also grew a lot more algae? Yes. So that's one of the issues. That's why we try and we try and have a controlled environment to min- limit our aquarium, um, the algae in the aquarium. Um, what you could consider is there's many different uh, spectrums of light okay. for what aquariums. What's the best spectrum that you can recommend for me? Well, they will actually, they'll be different depending on the size, and I'm assuming these are little fluorescent tubes. They, there's all kinds of different spectrums that are for better for the fish and or better for plants. I have both. Oh, Okay. So there you go. So you've got two different lights, one for fish and one, one, for, for, plant, one for plants. And the plant light one, is it, uh, do they claim to be the closest thing to sunlight, that yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. Okay. That's as good as you're going to get then. Yeah. How many hours a day do you leave the lights on? Um, lately, I've been leaving it for about 10. Okay. Could you extend that? Could you go to 12 or even? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd be inclined to do. So it, it doesn't really matter the brand name; it's just the no. the, the brightness and the, and the time. Well, I see it's it when they no artificial light really ever truly is the sun. Yeah, I know. However, uh, there are some pretty good imitations out there, and it's all got to do with the amount of red light that's in the bulb. So you know how light has many different colors and yep. different wavelengths, yep. and plants respond to red light and far red light, which are extremely uh, you know, long wavelengths. So Red it's light and far red, red light. That's right, and that's why grow lights almost have a kind of a pinky glow to them. Mm. There's always kind of a pink thing, because plants need the, the red uh, wavelengths. Okay. Now, um, Remember, too, that the plants, and, you know, we talked about this a f- uh, earlier in the show with a, uh, a caller who had brought a lemon tree from the balcony into the house and was seeing some leaf drop as a result of the changed light levels. That's exactly, and that's exactly what's to me. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what's happening to you inside the aquarium. The light levels have changed. The plants in the aquarium are responding to that. Hopefully they will not die. They will be able to work out some new growth in this new light regime that you've set up for them. Uh, in the meantime, be, you know, be um, clean, be very hygienic, take dead plant parts out because okay. as they start to decompose, they will mess up some of your soil, chem- your water chemistry as well. Okay. Okay. That'd be the one thing. But give it time. I think you'll find it'll work okay. Thank and you. and go longer hours. Go at least twelve hours. Thanks. Thank Have you, Desiree. Thanks for calling Desiree. in. At nine fifty six. Boy, see if we can uh, push along here. We'll certainly get to Richard, who's calling like in. Way, we're pushing along here. Yes. I'm doing all the work, well, and I, we're pushing along. I know, but I'm I'm shoving. I can <laughs> I can see you really, <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Gotta love you to keep keep me on track, Frank. <laughs> from, from Niagara Falls. Jeez, I'm getting in more trouble here without even trying. Hi, Richard. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Hi. Uh, I have a, a question. I have uh, two rows of Sharon. They're about five or six years old. Mm-hmm. And I notice when other people have very matured ones, mm-hmm. that their flowers stay out quite long. 
once they bloom. Yeah. My flowers bloom, and then they, they die off in about two, three days, and then the, uh, 50% of the buds don't flower anymore, mm, yeah. and they just get all dried up and get hard, and, and I cut them off. Yeah, and they are probably double flowering Rose of Sharon. That, that's right. Yeah, no. That is a, something that happens with those. They, they're they slow to open, and so frost kills the buds before they open. And like you said, they're not long-lasting. Yes, this is, I, I noticed the ones that are very mature trees, mm-hmm. that they last for like a week, to a week and a half but they fall off. And those are within two, three days. And are the ones you were noticing, are they single-flowering or double-flowering? So single. Yeah, because... The natural or the wild type of Rose of Sharon is a single flowering flower. Mm-hmm. With all our fancy breeding and selection and everybody wants different, many of the double flowering, and they almost look like little miniature roses, there's so many petals to them, have been selected because they're, they're pretty and prettier in, for, in some people's eyes. So uh, that the double flowering Rose of Sharon are quite, you know, they're out there in the garden centers and they can be very beautiful, but as you've recognized, flowers don't last as long and they don't open as consistently. Okay, and when they open, I mean, they open really nice. Yeah, you know, they're, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're big, they look lovely, but they just don't last. I know. And there's, a, I have no suggestions on how you can do anything about that other than consider getting another Rose of Sharon onto the property that'll be a single flowering variety and you'll get a little more length of, of flowering time that way. Okay, because when I was just given a stem from each, from two stems, like yeah. Mother Rose of Sharon trees. Uh-huh. And I just planted them. I, I mean, know. They grew good. They're easy, yeah, they're easy to grow. For sure. Yeah, once they, they grow, they're fine. But I, I was wondering, what, why do the other buds not flower? Uh, again, it's they, they set hundreds, if not thousands of buds. Yeah. <clears throat> I once actually took out a you know saw and cut down a Rose of Sharon on my property because it did just that. It got oh. thousands of buds and they never opened. And it made me so frustrated. I mean, I threatened it for years. You know, I thought it was listening. I got a cracking color, but I never got a truly flowering Rose of Sharon from that plant. I thought maybe as they got older, they would get better. I know, so did I, but I gave up. So, but, uh, When should I cut them back? Uh, spring. Spring. Once, once we get into some nice warm weather and you're looking for something to do, cut them back then. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank you, Richard. Thanks for your call, you. Richard. And that'll be the final call. We uh, uh, apologize to Zoe. Just ran out of time up there in Collingwood. But hey, Zoe, give us a call next week, okay? And do that early. Make sure you get through on the line. I know that uh, Alan Gelman is in uh, for Dave's Corner Garage. I haven't seen Dave The, the today. boys are back. Yeah, oh. the boys are back. Oh, just Alan's yeah, back. Just Alan's in flying solo. I know. Well, he is Dave's such a still in clever Florida, rascal. He'll have tons of fun anyway. He's got <laughs> some guests in there that he's... Uh, just actually uh, grabbed off the street. I think, I think uh, so. I didn't want to be lonely. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're no, in a good no, area of Toronto where you can find lots of people on the street. Exactly. <clears throat> and Charlie, so, it's been a ball today. It has. Thank you very much, Frank. You are, are a wonderful sous chef. Feel better, eh? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get there. Chest. I'm going to come and put a mustard plaster oh, on you, I think. Lord. My mother would be proud of me. Okay, thank you <laughs> so much, Dan Ellison. Again, wonderful producer on the ball. Thinking all the time. We're really appreciating that. I'll be back and, at noon uh, with the uh, diner. Or that's right. You're yes. here in a couple hours. You get a little break. Yep. And uh, you're back in a couple hours. So good. Well, thanks again, Frank. And thanks to all our great callers. We'll see all of you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. 
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.